in today's show. We're talking Denver Nuggets, their fantasy basketball value for the upcoming season. Michael Bolton's listening in. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. It's the Denver Nuggets. We've smashed through a bunch of fantasy basketball preview shows this week. We're going to have a Market Watch Monday show coming today. A last round draft pick guide. We're going to do, um, what else are we going to do? Mock draft. Probably a deeper category league mock draft. Maybe 16 teams. We'll do that. Um, some points league sleepers and busts. That's likely what's on the docket for this week. What's also on the docket is we're still filling up leagues for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you don't know what it is, big league. 720 teams. 360 in a category league. 360 in a points league. 30 divisions of 12 teams. The rules are linked below in the show notes or in the, the video description here. Um, it's a fan tracks league. It's 25 bucks to enter. You win the whole thing. It's $4,500. There are no trades. There are four acquisitions a week. It's a slow draft. If you want to be in, you send an email. You don't do it yet, but you send an email to L-O-F-B, bowl, B-O-W-L, bowl, B-O-W-L. Because someone, yeah, I know Americans can't always understand my accent. L-O-F-B, B-O-W-L, at gmail.com. In the subject heading, we're getting people for the Denver Nuggets division. So in the subject line, write Nuggets Cats if you want in the category league. Nuggets points, if you want in the points league. Remember, majority of people are applying for the category league. So if you do want a spot, an easier opportunity of getting a spot, go into a points league. There's an option for that as well. And then later on in the show, I will give you something that you need to include in the subject of that email. You can just include that. You can put flowery stuff in there. You can put fun facts. You can put whatever you want. Photos, pictures, funny things, interesting stories, whatever. Whatever you think might get you over the line to get you your email to stand out amongst the hundreds and hundreds that are coming in every day to try and apply for this. So throw that email together. Put Nuggets points if you want a points league. Nuggets cats if you want a category league. And then there'll be more information uh, later on in this show as to what else you need to include. We're talking Denver Nuggets. Let's look at how their schedule breaks down. 52 quality games. Pretty strong. 12 back-to-backs. Awesome. Awesome, awesome for a team that has two guys who missed basically the entirety of last season. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, and Maga Porter Jr. Porter played, what, five games or so? Murray didn't play at all. Not a surprise. Again, just with ACLs, always bank on 12 months. I know there were people who were drafting Jamal Murray, hoping he'd be back in the All-Star break. People who drafted Kawhi Leonard, hoping he'd be back in March. Just don't do it. It's a waste. Or if you're John Isaac... You're out for four years with an ACL. So in general, just 12 months though. So you're Joe Ingles, you're Ricky Rubio's, 
coming in this season, like December, February, or sorry, December, January, or probably January for both those guys' returns is what we're looking at. But the 12 back-to-backs for Murray and Porter are really helpful here. Their playoff schedule is weird, though. Two-game week, yuck. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. If you end the playoffs on March the 19th, they have 10 games. That's okay, but it's two games in week one, followed by four and four. The four and four are great. The two games in week one is not good, but if you do get a first-round bye, then it's totally fine. If you play March 26th, end the season, then that's 10 games as well. Four games week one, four games week two. Oh, two games in the championship week. Does that change your opinion on drafting the big fella? Number one, Nikola Jokic. I think in a category league, you can't make that call. In a points league, if you think you're going to be getting to the championship, maybe you do argue for Giannis at one, based on a two-game week in the championship week. And if you play till April the 2nd, they've got 10 games. It's a 4-2-4. Four games in championship week, but two games in semifinal week. It does make it rough. They've got two two two-game weeks over that four, five-week period. That's not great at all. It's unfortunate. It's annoying. Again, I'm really not going to focus personally on um, playoff schedule usually when I'm drafting. But two games for Jokic in championship week, or two games in round one, or two games in round two, depending on where my playoffs are. It is important to note. It is important to be aware of that and maybe make a choice. Again, probably more points league choice versus a category league choice because the difference is just so stark. But in a points league, though, that extra game or two that you might get from a Doncic or a Giannis in those playoff weeks, it could end up being really, really important. It might not, but it could be. Especially even in um, like draft-only sort of formats, best ball formats. Check when those playoffs end. A two-game week might kill you. What impacts the projections for this Nuggets team this season? Jamal Murray. Torrey's ACL in April 2021. A 12-month recovery puts him on track for April 2022. He didn't come back in the playoffs, so he's taking it easy. Understandable. Get it. There is a lot of doom and gloom about Murray's season coming in this year. I think part of it is fueled by Dr. Michael Malone saying, oh, we, you know, Murray's going to be playing 20 minutes in the 20s for a while. And I, I just honestly, there's a reason that I call Dr. Michael Malone doctor because he talks shit about medical things with having no understanding of what's happening with them. I don't even remember all the specifics about it. I think it was something to do with Jokic about three or four years ago. But that is that is why he is called the doctor. Um, so I, I don't think, unless there's been a setback, or there's a real mental hurdle here for Jamal Murray, there's really no reason he should be playing 22 minutes a night to start the season. And there are, again, the doom and gloomers who are saying, well, he'll just play limited minutes until January. I I don't know what the reason is. Why would that be the case? 20 months removed from an ACL surgery. I think he will sit back-to-backs for a big stretch of the year. I think that's distinctly possible. But by the time the season starts, it's 18 months removed from his ACL surgery. So I I think it might be a month, and then he's playing 32 minutes a night. That's that's my that's my expectation. That's what medical history of torn ACLs tells us. Zach Levine, 12 months after he tore his ACL, came back one month after playing 34 minutes a night. That's standard. 
That's really look. That's really standard. You play after you come back. You slowly ease in, and this isn't even twelve months from Murray. This is eighteen months. Theoretic, and, and he has said he told colleagues of mine, um, when he was in Australia, he's ready to go. He'll play preseason. He's ready to go, and it makes total sense. He's not Jonathan Isaac. He's ready to go. So I think there's a lot of doom and gloom around him, based on just something I just don't think is going to happen. I'm more worried about Michael Porter Jr.'s back, multiple back injuries, another surgery last year. That gives me more worry. I think he will sit some back-to-backs. I think he's more likely to be limited with back surgery, multiple back injuries. I think they're more likely to sort of limit him as well versus limiting Murray. But you know, if he's ready to go and playing 34 minutes a night, then that does change things because it's more shots for him, fewer shots for others, less opportunity for Aaron Gordon or minutes for Bruce Brown or Zeke Naji or whoever it is coming in at the, at the off the bench behind these guys. Changes all the dynamics of everything. If he's playing big minutes or if he's playing limited minutes. And then the other question is, they traded away their backup point guard, Monty Morris. They haven't returned their other backup point guard, Faku Kompatso. Is Bones Highland, A, is Bones Highland ready to be the backup point guard? And B, is the Dr. Michael Malone ready to trust him as the backup point guard? Remember, this front office had to trade away, I think, or even cut Jameer Nelson because Malone would not play Jamal Murray. He just kept going back to Jameer, kept going back to Jameer. So did they trade away Monty and release Faku? Not that Malone was a massive Faku fan, but did he release him just so they had to play Bones at point guard? Or... Will the doctor come in and say, Ish Smith, I know you've been around, mate. That means you must be good. Can you be the backup point guard? Bones, again, Malone said it last year. Man, we've got to get Bones more minutes. And he played 20. So the frustration's there. There are a lot of people expecting huge things from Bones Highland. I'm a big Bones Highland fan. So I'm not as convinced with Bones Highland as some others are who are expecting huge things, mainly because, again, I don't think there's going to be this larger restriction on Murray. And the thing is, well, they traded away Morris and they traded away Barton. That's true, but they get Murray back, they get Porter back, they signed Brown and they added Corral Pope. So while there is an opportunity for Highland to do more than last year where he played 19 minutes, I think he will. 25 minutes? I've got him at 25 minutes. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I feel confident in it. There'll be nights when Murray sits, where he starts, and I feel really good about that. Well, actually, do I? Maybe Malone puts this Smith. Now, I think he'll start. But then there'll be nights where he might play 22 minutes. And, yeah, you've got to be careful. You're not reaching a little bit too high there on Bones Highland, as much as I like him. He's a second-year player who I'm not sure has fully got the trust of Malone. And there are a lot of other players in that mix there who still can be... Um, taking some of that playing time. I think he's a good option. He's a really interesting later round pick. Um, we'll talk about him more in sleepers and busts and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think, I, I do think there's a little bit of brake pumping that is probably required with Bones for as exciting as he is. We love what he does. Um, there's maybe a little bit of um, brake pumping that is required. You know what I hate? You know what I hate? I hate when I repeat myself like I just did, but I also hate sometimes having to cancel something. Do I have to call them? Do I have to find the button on the website? Oh, this looks like it's going to be a process. And you don't do it. So companies just keep taking your money. Well, now there's an easy way to do it. It's Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. 
They can get in there. They can cancel those subscriptions. Easy peasy, absolutely brilliant sort of stuff that they can do for you. Instead of whittling away those dollars on subscriptions that you don't even know, or you don't can't be bothered, or you're intimidated by canceling them, just get Rocket Money to get that done for you. It shows all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. It can even find subscriptions that you don't even know that you are paying for. You might even find out you're being double charged for subscriptions. To cancel it, all you do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. In saying all that about Bones Holland, I think he's a breakout candidate because he wasn't a great fantasy player last year. He was 221st in category leagues. He was 228th in points leagues. He's going to enter the collective consciousness as, holy shit, this guy's good. Is he the next Jordan Poole? Maybe, probably, maybe. I think he's better, to be honest, long-term. I think he can be better than Poole. Um, I think he's going to be a huge option. And where you're dra- and, and his draft spot is totally fine at the moment. ADP is like 137 on Yahoo. Absolutely no problem. I worry where people start to get a little bit ahead of themselves with him. And it's not without risk. But I'm really excited to see what he can do. Is he going to be good enough to re- replace Contavious Caldwell-Pope? I don't think so because of KCP's um, defense and a Bones-Murray backcourt at this point would be pretty flammable. The other guy that I'm really looking at is Zeke Naji. Naji was putting together some good games last season before injuries struck him down. I think, fingers crossed, please, that DeAndre Jordan doesn't play backup minutes and he's there in case of emergency. And I think Najee can get minutes behind the power forward as well, getting more playing time than Jeff Green. He can block shots. He can hit threes. He can score okay. He can defend pretty well. It's not going to be a passer or anything like that. But he's a guy, again, who I think can stabilize himself, backup big man, turn into a guy that we like. Like Daniel Gafford is a backup in Chicago. Nick Claxton, when he's going to get an opportunity probably this year for Brooklyn. Like Najee, I think, now, Najee's never going to be the guy that's taking over from Nikola Jokic. But as a trade option, as a guy that maybe could play next to Jokic if Gordon or Porter get hurt, or both. I think this is a year where we see Zeke Najee step it up and become a better player. And you start to become a more reliable NBA guy in year three. The shooting, the shot blocking, the defending, the rebounding, the scoring. I think we can all start to see it coming along. I hope. That's my hope anyway. So I think both Bones and Zeke are ready to step into larger roles and become more prominent in the national basketball discussion. Let's look at sleepers. I just talked about Maga Porter Jr. ESPN, he's getting drafted at 133. Now you can feel whatever you want about his back injury. I'm really worried about him. At 133, he's the biggest no-brainer of all time. Now, of course, that's just an ADP. So he's going higher than that in some, but it also means he's going later than that in some drafts. And that makes no sense at all. He's ranked 161 on ESPN. So I'm guessing some of the reason he's going later than that is that people aren't scrolling down. They're just forgetting about him because he barely played. I think that... Murray, while last season we looked at him, well, maybe he can be a third-round guy. If the efficiency holds, the increased usage is there. He's not that. He won't play that many minutes. And part of the reason we were super high on him last season was Jamal Murray was out. So we knew that he had to be the second offensive option. He doesn't have to be that. He's the third offensive option, best case this season. 
and his lack of steals and blocks turns him into a, a, an efficiency points, rebounds, threes play, which is still really valuable. Yeah, round seven, round eight, in the 70 to 85 type zone is probably fine with an element of risk there. I'd probably push it a round or two later in points leagues. He's not quite as effective there. Although he still averaged 23 fantasy points last season despite the struggles, and he ranked significantly higher in points leagues than he did in category leagues. Because his shooting was just so bad that his category league value pushed him outside the top 250 MAGA did. He was way out there. On the other side of things, I don't know why the headmaster Jamal Murray has an ADP of 144 on fan tracks. On Yahoo, it's reasonable. It's at 78. On ESPN, it's reasonable. It's at 78. Murray can be a top 40 guy. Eh, maybe top 50. And I am worried that he just won't cap the minutes, or the minutes won't push to 35, right? Which is where he needs to get it top 50. But 144 makes no sense. It's some sort of error, but it means you've got to scroll down a bit to find him. He's like a round six, round seven player. 65 to 80 points leagues. Again, push that 10 spots back probably. It's not quite as good in points leagues. But there is if he does play 33 a night, then he's a top 60 sort of a player. Good scoring, good efficiency, okay assists, hit some threes. His fantasy game can lack at times because low rebounds, low assists, not the greatest steal guy. Doesn't get to the line a huge amount, but maybe that all comes together. He's a really good pick in those rounds. And like I said earlier, I don't really have too many of the injury concerns with him, given how long it's been since he tore that ACL. It'll be a little bit rusty at first, but that's probably about it. And then Bones is at 137 on Yahoo, and he's at 140 on, on ESPN. I think he's a guy around 10, round 11. 115, 110, 125. Scoring, assists, point guard value gets really hard to find. His points league value probably is about bang on there, about 130, so it's not much value. But in a category league, if you want to go around earlier than that, that ADP two rounds earlier than that, I think it's totally reasonable to do that, even understanding that maybe he doesn't quite reach the heights that we might have expected. Aaron Gordon was pretty good last season. 102, 102nd ranked player in points leagues. 28 fantasy points. Now, Murray and Porter returning hurt him, and I don't think he hits 28 fantasy points, but it might be 25 or 26. And he's being drafted at 135 on Yahoo. Now, for a category league, I'm not sure... Yeah, that's probably right on where it needs to be. I think for a points league, he can be 20 spots higher than that. So he's got more value in a points format as a starter who plays 30 minutes, more comfortable with Jokic. Again, still has to adjust to Murray and Porter being back. But I think that's pushing him down a little bit too far. For busts, no one really stands out, to be honest. I don't look at any of their ADPs and, and look at them and go that, doesn't make any sense. They all seem spot on. So that was an easy segment. Who do we take in the last round? If Bones Highland, again, if he falls, we, we take him there. Aaron Gordon in a points league, if he falls towards that 12th or 13th round, you take him. We've discussed, I think, Bones enough. What about this guy? Baby shark, Bruce Brown Jr. He only played 25 minutes a night last season. 151st ranked player. And... After the All-Star break, I think he was like 50th when he started playing 33 minutes a night. I don't think he's going to have the opportunity to play 33 minutes a night here in Denver. But Murray sits. KCP gets hurt. Brown's defensive value is is really good. Um, he's someone to at least have a, have a look at. 146 ADP Yahoo, 137 Fantrax, 140 ESPN. 
He's a guy I definitely look at in 14-team leagues, and I consider in 12s. I'm not sure that post-All-Star break Bruce Brown is a reliable indicator for what we see as Denver Nugget Bruce Brown. Also, just a side note, Bruce Brown's one of those players that I just struggle to remember that he's on this team. The other one of those, the king of those for this season, is Larry Nance plays for the Pelicans. I forget that all the time. I also seem to forget Kevin Love's on the Cavs. I don't know why that one sticks in my head. But yeah, Larry Nance on the Pels, Bruce Brown on the Nuggets. I always seem to, seem to forget them. But Brown is a last-round pick. I think there's a little bit of something in that. Let's look at the roster. Jamal Murray. Spoken about him. He's a nice sixth-round player. Perhaps top 50 upside, but the minutes is going to be key there, isn't it? You've got KCP, who, like when we talked about the Dallas Mavericks in the last show, he might be the 130th-ranked player, like Dorian Finney-Smith. But is there any upside in that? I don't really think so. He becomes a great streamer, a guy that you add if he's producing at that level in the fantasy playoffs because we're not really chasing upside there. But drafting, just leave it. He is getting drafted at 140, 139, 139. That's round 12 stuff. I don't really see the point of it. He'll get you two threes. Another one of those guys that's streamable for threes. He'll get you a steal. He might get you 12 points. He'll play 30 minutes. He'll hit good free throws. He's just solid. There is no upside though in Caldwell Pope. And in points leagues, his value is even smaller because he's yeah you know, he's not producing big volume numbers. It's just about the steals. It's about the threes. He's not doing much else. So he's a you know 180 sort of guy in fantasy points leagues. Maga Porter Jr. There is risk. There is games missed risk. There is shooting risk. There is surgery again if the back goes out again. I don't think it will, but who knows? But again, in the 70 to 80 zone, push it a little bit later in a points league. It's fine. Aaron Gordon's a later round player. Probably le- probably like KCP, but not quite as extreme in terms of lack of upside in category leagues. But I don't mind him around round 12, maybe around 11. In points leagues, you go 11 to 10 in that sort of area. Probably some okay value. And you can even probably push him into round 12 and get round 10 value out of him. And then, of course, we haven't spoken about him. Because what can I say about Big Chungus? Nikola Jokic. Now, it's our Locked On Fantasy Bowl question that you've got to throw into the intro or into the body of your email to get yourself a spot in the Nuggets division. So, Jokic was by far the number one player last season. He was the number one player the year before that. In the 1920 season, he was ninth. So, what's changed? His usage has really gone up since then. He, I would take him at number one in every format. But as I said earlier, there's the playoff schedule risk. And he is under no circumstance guaranteed to be the number one player. He's done it for two straight years. This is true. I, I don't expect that his 31 usage, which peaked to 33 over the final 25 games of last season, I don't think it remains that high necessarily. And last season was the only time he has ever had 30-plus usage. Murray's back. Porter's back. Could he maybe drop off? I should, I'd tease the LOFB bowl answer. I probably should tell you what it is. In the 18-19 season, Nikola Jokic was the ninth-ranked player. 
What ranking was he in 1819? Ninth. So what if his usage falls? What if his rebound numbers, which went from 10.8 to 13.7, that is a 33% increase in one season. What if it falls? What if the steals, which went from 1.3 to 1.5, fall? What if the fact that his block numbers went up 0.33% as well? All this stuff went up. So he's 27 and 14 last season, Jokic. What if it's 26 and 11? With 7.4 assists and 1.2 steals and 0.7 blocks. And the 58% becomes 55%. Is that number one anymore? It might not be. It is All I'm saying here is, again, do not get me wrong. You pick him number one everywhere and his chances of being number one is high. It is absolutely in no way a guarantee. He was able to take gigantic steps forward last season. And there is no guarantee, none at all, that that continues at that same level. There just isn't. With Porter and Murray, Highland, Brown, maybe he loses a minute to preserve him a little bit. Maybe the usage goes back under 30 because he's had literally one season over 30 usage. Or maybe he blows us away and improves again somehow. Take him at one. It's not the cheat code necessarily you think it is. You still have to work hard in your draft and on the waiver wire. It's a great advantage, but it's not the cheat code you think it is. People often throw, well, you get Jokic, you're going to win. Or, you know, had someone told me if you draft Herb Jones, um, he wins you steals by himself. And that's just not true. You probably need about 40 steals a week to win steals. Herb might play three games. You get six steals. You don't win it. So it still requires effort to build around these guys and not putting Herb Jones and Nikola Jokic in the same category, obviously. But it still requires effort. Bones, we've spoken about a lot. Bruce Brown, we've spoken about a lot. I think Jeff Green's going to lose a lot of value. He played a lot last season, 25 minutes, 241st ranked player. He probably doesn't play that much with Porter back, with Najee hopefully playing more. Jermichael Green has gone. But I don't think we're going to rely on 35, 36 actually now, your old Jeff Green to put up those same numbers. He's not really draftable anywhere outside of the very, very deepest leagues. And then Najee, who played only 17 minutes a night last season, probably doesn't crack the top 200, but could if we see him be a guy that can get on the court with Jokic, play back up four, back up five, and take a lot of that Jeff Green playing time away. Ish Smith and DeAndre Jordan, two veterans coming in. I don't think Jordan's going to play, fingers crossed, Ishmith. I don't think he will. I think you'll have Bones be the backup point guard, but there is a risk that 34-year-old Ishmith cuts into the upside of Bones Highland. That is a risk. You're not drafting him, but it's a risk. Then there's Davon Reed. There's first-round pick Christian Brown, who is a nice wing-sized player. It'll be him and Davon Reed, I would imagine, competing for some rotation minutes on the wing there behind Gordon and with Brown and KCP. They're not draftable, of course. Vlako Chancha, Doncic's mate, he will barely play. Peyton Watson, first-round pick, will barely play. Colin Gillespie, two-way player, broke his leg. He'll be out until Christmas. And then, um, I don't, won't get to do this very often, Jack White. Two-way guy, Australian player. Um, had a good summer league, but these guys just aren't going to have that sort of an impact. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. 
Stitcher, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. Apologize if there's any weird editing in the middle of the show because my computer just went haywire in the middle and I'm not the greatest video editor. So there might be something a bit off. I'm going to try my best and hopefully you don't notice it. But now you know that it's there, you'll go back and look at it. Leave a comment down below. Get into the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Nuggets, cats, nuggets, points. The answer to the question, what is Nikola Jokic's ranking in 18-19 is nine. Drop it in the body of that email. And whatever other information you want to include, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.